You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, welcome to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where, Shannon, it's good to see you and have some serious conversations about life, love, marriage. The all, mystery of it all. <laughs> all that, all that's good, <laughs> all that's bad. I mean, it kind of just depends on the topic, I guess, on uh-huh. on which all, slant all we take. Yep. All that's passionate, all that's challenging, all, all the things that we're going to be covering at the getaway, basically. And that is fast approaching. I'm so excited for this week. That week, that's going to be a blast. I am counting down the days. It'll be I a- always do. This is such a wonderful opportunity for us to get to go really deep and just getting to know some of our listeners right. on a personal level. Right. And I feel like some of them are, have become friends. You oh, know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and some of the people that email us regularly are, I would consider friends because they are constantly pinging us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com with kudos, with questions, with criticisms, which we're addressing mm-hmm. today, and mm-hmm. with uh, just all kinds of different feedback. And so if you want to join that bandwagon, please, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, give us any kind of review, any kind of comments that you want there that helps us spread the word and let more people know that married sex is the hotbed for sex. And that's what we are both striving to make that message far and wide so that people know exactly you know, how they could make things better, how they could ramp things up, or how they could get things started again. Right, right. Where they can find the encouragement that they're probably not going to find in their uh, church pew or circle of friends or even counseling office. It's amazing how many people email us and they've been in counseling for years and even their counselors are just so afraid to go here. Some of these places that we so naturally go from show to show. Hey, I got a really cool kudo email from Dave that I would love to share if I may. Yep. Uh, he says he's finally caught up. He just listened to episode number 288. He says, I want to thank you for all that you've done for me and my marriage. I feel like I finally have the tools to proceed with the relationship that my wife and I have always wanted. She and I have connected more in the last month than in the past 10 years. And I'm not just talking sexually. I feel like you've helped me proceed with an open mind to her sexual wants and desires, as well as my sexual wants and desires. He says, I was contemplating leaving last summer because I felt so bored and lonely in our sexless marriage. Now I think about her constantly and we have the best sex. And he says, the absolute best part are the conversations we can now have around sex. He says, there are things that she's asked for that I never even thought of and that the fantasy fallacy episodes were critical in allowing him to enjoy his wife's fantasies rather than avoid them. And he says, now we talk about everything and I mean everything. I love that we are making advocates for open lines of communication about all things sexual. And that's really, if you're new to Sexy Marriage Radio, that's really kind of where it starts is is having the conversations and some of that's with yourself. Some of it's a, that's true. <laughs> how do I, how do I examine maybe some of the things I haven't examined before, or I've been too afraid to explore in my own thought processes and then muster the courage to bring that up with your spouse and say, you know what, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And hopefully we can give at least some verbiage, some cues, some prompts, some ideas, and because I love the emails that come in that talk about, 
yeah, we listen to the episode and it always brings about a deeper conversation or it sends us down some paths that, man, we probably wouldn't have gone there otherwise. And so thank you. And that's the kind of stuff I love that this show has become is just a catalyst to have more people making conversations about it, mm-hmm. let alone better sex, hopefully, but to have the conversations about it because then at least, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of the more data I can have in my marriage, the mm-hmm. better choices I can make and the better I can lean into the struggles and the, and the problems that we have mm-hmm. and, and be better. Right. It reminds me of the term that I learned when I was working on my master's in counseling, metacognition. It's the ability to think about how we think. It's an ability that we don't develop until our late teens or early 20s. But now that we have it, adults, let's use it. Let's press the pause button and think about how we think about sex and intimacy and marriage communication. So on because that I, note, I guarantee that is where it starts. Yep, That's and, where it starts. And on that note, let's think to, in this episode, we need to think about how we think about our shows because we've got some people that have come uh, via the inbox saying, Hey, it's a couple of things <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that I want to, I, I've got some feedback for you and it may not always be rosy, but you, if you've listened to any length of time, you know, we welcome the non rosy feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one thing I always crack up that people are like, what do I call you? Do I call you Dr. Allen? Do I call you Dr. Corey? Corey, I'm like, whatever. I mean, I'm pretty casual. I only ask that if you're going to call me to task or say something to derogatory, put the word doctor ahead of it. You know, if you're going <laughs> to. Softens your ego. <laughs> Helps a little bit. But it, it is still that idea of, hey, I love when people that listen regularly say, I'm not sure about this. I don't know if mm-hmm. I can, if I'm completely on board. So you want right. to set the stage of, of where we want to go and let's, let's, let's give some direct feedback. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first one that um, was a concern to me is the notion, it, it was an email from a pastor and um, his concern was that um, the show that we did on ultimatums and marriage, mm-hmm. um, that it sounded as if we are pro-divorce and we're not, I want to make that oh, right. so, 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 so clear we are not prescribing divorce in any sexual standoff in a marriage. We're only describing what happens in a marriage so often when breakthroughs can't be had because of the lack of communication there. And, and one thing I want to make really, really clear, that distinction between prescribing and describing is very important And the reason that I say that we're describing what's happening so often in marriages, even in Christian marriages, is because Christian divorce rates are just as high as as secular divorce rates. They're not immune. Right. So why would we stick our heads in the sand and assume that because two people are Christian, this is never going to happen to them? I know that I certainly thought that for years and years that, oh, that would never happen to me, never in a million years. It, it happens to the best of us sometimes. It happens to pastors sometimes. And so I just want to make it very, very clear. We are so pro-marriage. We've mm-hmm. always been pro-marriage and we'll always be pro-marriage. That's why it's called Sexy Marriage Radio, not just Sexy Couple Radio. Right. Um, and so, yeah, just going back to that, we're simply describing what happens in marriage, not prescribing that you give an ultimatum or that you leave. We hope that the show would cause you to break through whatever it is that's caused the ultimatum in the first place. Exactly. Because to me, the idea of an ultimatum in marriage is I don't want to hide the fact that they are present, Mm -hmm. that people do use them. 
I'm not an advocate of, hey, use them, will you know, haphazardly and throw them about. But the right. one thing I believe that marriage does is it will push us to our breaking points at times. Mm-hmm. And that's not a relational thing. That's an integrity and character thing. That's a human thing. Oh, fair enough. But it also is it's a revealing of our own integrity. It's a revealing of our own character. And so what I think about in the shows we've done recently where we talked about ultimatums and we talked about no sex and, and low sex uh, relationships or sexless marriages, um, there is an idea that could seem, well, if you're not going to have sex with me, then I'm going to leave. And I'm not an advocate for that. I'm just a I'm just proposing, okay, this is the reality that people live in. This is, and so we have to come to grips with what's in line with my character, what's in line with my values, what's in line with my spirituality mm-hmm. that says, what will, how do I respond to this? Right. But you're also balancing that with being honest about what you perceive your limitations may be. Because sure. I think that if every person on the planet could embrace the fact that I'm only human and I do have limitations about what I'm willing to tolerate in the marriage relationship and verbalize those before you go let the affair happen or before you bolt and don't even explain why or whatever. I just think that there's the opportunity for breakthrough to say, this isn't acceptable to me. I don't feel as if I can go on. I'm not saying I'm going to leave. I'm not threatening to leave. I'm just saying, I don't know that I can operate under these circumstances. I think that when a spouse gets that honest and real with themselves and with their spouse, now you've opened the door to the possibility of healing and and like right. I said, breakthrough. Now you're now you're in the pro- the process of actually being seen. Yes, and being heard <laughs> yep. and understood, right? But then you also have to put as much emphasis on hearing and understanding your spouse's perspective. I think that we need to do a whole nother show based on an email that we just got this week about you know he thinks that they don't have enough sex because they've only had sex like two or three times in a month. And she's like, what's wrong with that? They just have totally different perceptions. So the reality is, is not only do we have to communicate what our needs and desires and aspirations and limitations are, we also have to understand that from our spouse and try to find that happy medium, try to find that compromise. Sure. But it, it still comes back to, these are issues in my book that are not meant to necessarily be solved. Mm. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a tension that you have to learn to it, live with it, it, because it's a reality because it's very, very likely because of the differences in desire, even if they're minuscule, mm-hmm. there's still a difference in desire. There's still right. a there's still, even if it's the difference between a six and a seven on a one to ten scale, exactly. it's still well, different. Even if it's a huge <laughs> difference of two off the chart desires, right, that mm-hmm. both of you are. Let's say you're in a relationship that you, you have sex daily and. And it's one of those that both of you are equal partners in the sense of initiating an engagement and orgasmic ability and everything unfolds that way. And then all of a sudden, one time, the partner, after having sex the night before, wakes up in the morning and says, hey, let's go again. And the other partner's like, are you kidding me? We just did it last <laughs> night. You know? I was going to say, I'm sure that some of our listeners hear the word daily, and there's probably some that are going, oh, I'd give my right arm for that. And there are others who are going, oh, my gosh, that sounds exhausting. Sure. And 
And that's where the, here's some interesting things to kind of unpack. And I'm going to do this likely at the getaway is, okay, so you got the physical components of what would be required for that. But what about the emotional components of what's required for that? What's mm-hmm. a, what about the mental components that can be required for that kind of connection on regular frequencies? And so it's just, again, this is not prescribing something and this is not even talking about what's normal this is talking about what matters for each person that listens to the show and in their marriage and so when you bring up the ideas of ultimatums i don't want to skirt that they do exist right uh, but i'm also not an advocate for them in the sense of they need to be demands that we throw about haphazardly because demanding is not marriage demanding is not love and i love it our emailer even made that comment Wanting is okay. Demanding is not. I completely agree. Absolutely. It reminds me of a couple that I counseled a long time ago. Um, He was a very handsome pastor and she was a very beautiful um, stay-at-home mom. And it had been about three years since they had had any sort of active sex life to speak of because of various medical issues and some emotional baggage that kind of slowed things down and that sort of thing. But he finally got, first he had to get real with himself and said, the temptation is overwhelming. The the tension that he was getting from women in his congregation, because women so idolized their spiritual leaders, and he was such an attractive human being. It's like, oh, I can totally see how that would be such a slippery slope for him. But to wake his wife up and say, girlfriend, if, if you don't get engaged with this relationship, I fear, I mean, I just had to be honest. I fear that something is going to happen to bring your whole marriage, family, and ministry down. And it it was enough of a wake-up call for her to say, you're right. I need to focus on getting my body healthier and and overcoming the emotional baggage that's been holding me back. And they are now living in a very vibrant, uh, beautiful love story, you know? And so just the honesty of, I don't know how long I can exist like this. And it's not a threat. It's not an ultimatum. It's just being honest. Right. Right. And that's the whole, to me, that's the point of marriage is designed. I think relationships are designed at times to push us to our limits. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's how we develop maturity. That's how we develop character. That's how we develop wisdom. Right. And so let's not fight that process. That's my mindset that you got to realize it is part of it. Now, does my integrity see me through it? Does my character right. see me through it? Or do I find ways to eliminate the pressure by taking shortcuts or by stepping out, hoping that that anxiety, you know, will be <laughs> eliminated by going someplace that's counter to what I believe is right. And don't ever assume that your spouse's faith will be sufficient to keep them from being human. True. Because it happens even yep. to the best of Christians, Absolutely. it just does. Absolutely. All right. So, okay. Hopefully, that uh, pastor and anybody else who's had a concern that we are pro- all of a sudden pro-divorce, absolutely no, not. Not at no, all. No, 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 no. And we're I not even love... pro-ultimatum. We're just pro-conversation and honesty. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I have I, I made that clear. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of this at all. I would love to work myself out of a job as a marriage therapist because the divorce rate is non-existent. Right. I mean, that Wouldn't would be, fan- that be I can, amazing. I can find another thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yeah, yeah I, I will fight tooth and nail to keep any couple from divorcing if it can be helped. Good. But I also acknowledge that there are some situations that can't be helped because both partners aren't willing to do what it takes. And it takes a lot to turn a ship around, to turn Titanic around. Yep. So let's, uh, let's look at another one that, you know what, Corey, on this one, I didn't get defensive at all. Not that I was defensive with the other one, but on this one, I was kind of, I had a twinge of conviction that this woman deserves a, a nod from us and a tip of our hat and even a hug if okay. we can send one out over the airwaves. Um, her concern was that um, you know, she had been listening for a while and she said, you guys seem to assume that all your listeners are high desire and that the low desire listener or the low desires uh, spouses aren't even listening at all. And she said, that's not true. And there's actually several other emails that came in along those same lines saying, hold on, I am right. a low desire and I'm the one listening. Right, right. And I think that uh, even our last Academy call, I had kind of an epiphany that it's really not a matter of high desire and low desire, because even the lower desire partner has a fun time. Once they get there, it just takes them longer to warm up. So some, I, some, some, yeah, okay. some, many, but um, so, so I'm not sure that it's a matter of high desire, low desire. I think maybe it's a matter of fast desire, slow desire that some people, it just takes them longer to get there, right. but it doesn't mean that they don't want to get there because I sense this in this woman's email. She obviously wants to get there, but she did acknowledge that she has a lot of hurdles holding her back. And she wants to hear more shows on how lower desire or slower desire partners can overcome those hurdles. So we are definitely putting that on the docket to cover in future shows. Be patient with us because we, we have several topics lined up here in the next few weeks and we have the getaway where we're recording several live, but we want to honor all of those lower desire or slower desire partners who do listen. Good for you. And we will certainly try to do you um, a greater honor and do the show more justice in addressing your needs, not just the higher desire partners needs. Okay. Yeah. I Anything you want to add to that? No, um, we've actually had, I think this was at the first getaway, somebody proposed the terminology of more desire, less desire on the way to quantify it. Because, and again, this still doesn't sound accurate to me. Well, I, I and some of this is a semantic conversation. Uh, I just want to be an advocate because that's what I love about how Schnarch frames things is he he doesn't shy away from the realities of what's going on and so sometimes we have to categorize things and it's not always applicable to everybody but it captures a, it captures the idea and that's what i want people to rest on more rather than hold on that's not me that i mean we even do this on the show of we'll propose something and we'll be speaking and we realize it's not our entire audience that we're speaking right. to you know because even your statement and we that you've said so far of it's not that the low desire doesn't want to have sex. I'm like, well, yeah, we get emails from people who are married to a partner that has said to them, you know what? I'm okay. Never having sex. And mm. so there are those, those that are existing and, and it's not that they still don't do it possibly. It's just, it's not on their radar to the degree that other people would think would be normal or healthy or what their partner wants. And, so we even do it too on the sense of we have to talk and take a slant on something that we realize, I realize, and I know you do too from our relationship we've had with each other over three years, that, hey, this is something we realize that's not going to be applicable to everybody, but we're speaking to a specific. And right. then 
those of you that need to speak up and say, hold on, I don't agree, then please speak Dude, up and say, hold on. Radio.com is all about. <laughs> hold on, yeah. I don't agree. I'm, yeah. I'm totally as, good as being called to task. Yeah, as much as we try to avoid stereotypes, like yeah. we we can't craft statements that apply to all the people all the time. Like my mom used to say, you're not going to please all the people all the time and you could die trying. Right. But, but hopefully the things that we put out there, it, it's like a smorgasbord, you know what, you know, or, or all you can eat buffet, take what you want, chew up the meat, spit out the bones, take what applies to you, leave the rest. But you know, so oftentimes I do get these lower desire women at Women at the Well workshops trying to figure out what's holding me back. Is it a mental thing? Is it a physical thing? Is it a communication thing or an emotional thing? You know, what, what is it? And um, the way that I like to explain it is that um, there's a big difference between a, a seared steak and a slow-cooked roast. Yeah. And in, in all honesty, if I had to have my choice, if I go into a restaurant and I can order either the the seared steak or the slow cooked, the slow roast or the, the slow, slow cooked roast. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I like pot roast. I like meat that's been marinating in its own juices for a long, long time. It's just more flavorful, flavorful to me. I can't get my words out today and uh, it falls apart. It, it's just, there's something very tantalizing about that. I think that that describes the slower desire partners. Sex life is it may take them longer to get there, but they do enjoy marinating in their own juices, pardon the expression. They do provide something of great value and worth to their partner. The problem is, is their partner wants more of it. They, they, they want pot roast more often. Well, it takes all day to do a pot roast. And so you, you, you can't have pot roast every day. Right. But um, yeah, I hope that that does a little bit of balancing the scales. Yeah, I think it's, well, it's, it's important just to at least note that we recognize some of the stances we have to take and that we take. And if, if somebody feels excluded, then please speak up because I want them yeah. to have a voice too. Um, mm -hmm. I want to have a chance to have the entire population of the, especially the people that listen to us and turn to us weekly. I'm so grateful and humbled by that, that I want to have a chance to speak to them as well, because I guarantee if one person is listening and says, you know what, like, like the, let's go back to the one we just did a minute ago of the email of I'm, I'm the whole idea of ultimatums really doesn't sit well with me. And I'm going to speak up. I guarantee you there's other people that had that same feeling, but they didn't email us. You know, they didn't right. speak up. And so it's that idea when one, if one person is struggling with something, other people are too, because we're True. in this thing of human nature and relationships together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do want to address that uh, it was even um, in some of the kudos that we've received lately that so oftentimes people will say that the main value of this show is that whether they consider themselves spiritual anymore or not, the fact that we so often couch things from a spiritual perspective is helpful to them because they were raised in conservative Christian homes where there was a lot of religiosity, right. there was a lot of guilt, there was a lot of shame, there was a lot of taboo around yep. the whole topic of anything sexual really, or there was just silence yep. because it wasn't within their spiritual paradigm to talk about sex at all. And so 
I, I really um, appreciate hearing from people who value that component. And what has been particularly interesting, Corey, is how many times we are hearing from people who don't consider themselves people of faith necessarily. People yeah. who consider themselves atheist or agnostic or or you know, just a totally different you know religion. I, mean, I think that we've probably heard from them all. I think we've heard from Jewish people and Muslims yep. and Catholics and Protestants and uh, it's really cool to think that sexuality is the one topic that is applicable to all of us, no matter what kind of bumper sticker we would put on our car, no matter what kind of Bible we have or don't have, that sexuality is what bonds us all together in the human race. Yeah, no, I agree. So what else do we need to do when it comes to the low desire, less slower desire, less desire? <laughs> because we also have had some emails on the idea of it could feel like we're ganging up mm-hmm. on them. And right. I get it because there is a component of our advice has been to the higher desire that a lot of times you just need to be more vocal, a little more upfront, not mm-hmm. uh, avoid the pressure, just use the pressure better. Give but we, them something worth wanting. Right. But we have a specific email that came in from a newer listener that says, um, what do you do? What advice do we, do we have for the low desire partner to improve the way they feel about sex? Mm. The way they, the way they apply meaning to right. sex. See, I think that in situations like that, there's no standard pat answer that we can yeah. give because everybody's view is unique. Everybody's sexuality is as unique as their fingerprint. And I, I would recommend that that person peel back the layers of what they feel about their sexuality and why, and where did those messages come from and try to think back as far as you can remember, even asking people, when is the first time you ever heard about anything sexual? What was the first thing you saw or what was the first thing that someone told you and who was it? And what kind of message was it? Was it a sex positive message? Was it a sex negative message? Um, was it from your parents? Was it from a sibling? Was it from a friend on a school bus? Like it was for me, even just looking at the origin of those early, early messages and what kind of impression it made in your brain, I think can be very helpful to trace a trajectory of how this message has evolved in your own head. Yeah, I I agree. And I, I would also add the other end of the spectrum to that of when there, when when sex is uh, being brought up, hinted about, or there's the pressure there because you know the nature of the system in the relationship you're in, you know, because every couple pretty much knows their system. If if you're you talked about the metacognition, Dan Seigel's work, Mindsight, talks about it's the brain's ability to look in on itself. Well, we have that same kind of ability to look in on our systems to know, okay, we haven't connected well, or we connect and then I know this weekend it's going to be kind of rough and then we'll be pretty good. And then we'll be, you know, you, if you look back at it from a mi- macro level, you know, your patterns. Mm-hmm. So when you get the sense, okay, there's going to be some pressure for sex coming in the next couple of days. And I'm talking to the lower desire partner here and you get the sense that their husband or wife is kind of laying the groundwork. They're saying the things that's back on their radar. So, you know, it's going to be quickly pushed, pushed on yours. Then what is the meaning of that in it, in, in real time? How are you interpreting it? Is it one of those, I don't have the energy, I don't have the time. And that's really kind of, if you are honest, avoiding it mm-hmm. rather than examining what does this really mean? Cause you're a big advocate, Shannon, of talking about 
reframing it as, oh, he wants more of me. <laughs> That's exactly right? what I wrote down. And try to make it in a positive spin. We've been doing the show a while, mm-hmm. so I know you, uh, <laughs> you I know your brain a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but it is one of those, how could I reframe it? Yes, but also, how could I examine my own worth in the midst of it that's not contingent on theirs in reframing it, but seeing it as, I'm a big advocate of if I will take the stance towards well, why wouldn't they want more of me? <laughs> Look at how good I am. Look at how positive <laughs> I can be, how strong, how seductive, how what, tantalizing. That's a great word. But all seeing it just, okay, how could I see this as a process of my development in real time and maybe lean into that a little more? Right. And if I do that concurrent with, okay, here's the messages I've brought into this, that's a lot of fuel that I could use possibly. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Corey. I'm going to go back to the reframing thing because if the low desire partner can see this as a compliment of, they like me, they really like me, you know, do the Sally field thing. They really like me. They really want more of me. It's pot roast time. Um, But then also for the high desire partner to reframe just because your spouse isn't as into sex as you are, doesn't mean that they don't love you as much or aren't just as interested in continuing to cultivate a a wonderful relationship in many other aspects. It doesn't all have to be about sex, but I know that for the person who feels like they're starving for sex, it can feel like it needs to be all about sex. But I would also imagine that the lower desire partner just needs to feel as if there are days where there's no pressure for sex, where they can just exhale and just do life together and enjoy what they have. Sure. So, So, but there's the underside to this too, that, that maybe we haven't addressed this enough and maybe, maybe that's something we need to, um, cause there are components of what happens in married life where it's not about the sex. It's about the hurt of not feeling wanted. That's it. It's, it's about the hurt of, of not feeling, um, chosen, cherished, uh, invited, Mm-hmm. not feeling valued and respected that I don't want sex as much as my partner does. Yeah. I really am going to try to be very intentional in giving a voice to the lower desire partners in future shows. Okay. I, I just want everybody to hear me say that I'm okay. going to try to develop that mindset because I can imagine that it is very painful no, it, to try to communicate well, that to your spouse. Okay. But think about it though. Here's, here's the one thing I think we all can agree. I, I hope if not feedback at sexy Um, Every single person, whether you're the high or the low, understands hurt, mm-hmm. understands not feeling wanted, mm-hmm. understands the risk and the fear involved in putting yourself out there. Of, or feeling pressured. Exactly. So, or overwhelmed. So I think mm-hmm. that if you look at the natural, natural relationship dynamics, risk and hurt and fear are part of it. It's a component. And so how do you see this as, okay, this really has little to do with sex. This has to do with humanness. This has to do with fear. This has to do with wounds, with hurts, with uh, little girls, little boys within us that still are scared (laughs) of things things of that nature. And whether it plays out in the sexual arena or your other areas of life, I still think they're the same thing. 
How you do sex is how you do exactly. life. How you do life is and maybe how you that's do where sex. we need to end this show is just to start to see that, okay, even though sex can be wrought with a lot of pain and fear and anxiety, so is other parts of our life. It's just not as evident because it's mm-hmm. not as intimate with another mm-hmm. person. And I'm, so therefore, nothing, I'm not even as intimate as my, with myself. But nothing challenges us to grow and to stretch ourselves out of our comfort zone like our sexuality and like intimacy and marriage. And that's why we're such big advocates of it. Yes. Yeah. Because I I want people, I mean, not only do we want to have the people that listen to our show regularly, and thank you, by the way, um, of, of them having a better relationship with their, with their spouse. I want people to have a better relationship with themselves. Yes. That's where that solidness comes from. Absolutely. That's where a lot of things change in life. I had somebody, I was just reading on Amazon the other day, a, re, a review. Somebody had pointed out, said, dude, you got a really good review on Naked Marriage. You need to go check it out. And I love it because the wording, the paraphrase was basically, if you're looking for this to help you change your spouse, put it down. If, you really, <laughs> if you're really interested in changing you, though, then put your big boy boxers or your big girl panties on and pick up Naked Marriage. And it's like, awesome. Love Congratulations. hearing Congratulations. Good Reviews are fun. It is. And good feedback is fun. Yes. It, yep. Negative or positive, that's still good feedback in my book. It, yes. It's data. Yes, yes, and yes. so, Sexy Marriage and Radio, thank you for taking some time out to spend it with us. This has been fun. Yep. We love you for listening, and we hope to see you at the getaway. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.